Creating Powerful Impact. Your host, Shay Wheat here, founder of Grace and Ease Productions, where we support entrepreneurs like you with event-based marketing and sales strategy, allowing you to build your authority, your credibility, and your visibility in the industry. Today's guest is a little bit different, and I'm super excited to bring her to you um, for a couple of different reasons. So it's, it's one of those topics that you don't really think about needing, but in all reality, you absolutely need to be thinking about. So let me dive in. Uh, The amazing Unique DaCosta is a Jamaican-born graphic designer and an entrepreneur known for advocating for diversity and inclusivity in the design industry. With over 13 years of experience, she founded YKMD, a graphic design firm that offers a monthly graphic design subscription service for event professionals. I'm so excited. Okay. Um, (laughs) She is also the first Black president of the Graphic Artists Guild and also serves as the vice president of the International Council of Design. Her contributions to the Graphic Artists Guild's handbook and dedication to promoting underrepresented voices makes her a trailblazer in the industry. Please help me welcome Yannick to the Creating Powerful Impact stage. Hi, Vidir. <laughs> Everything. Applause. Yes. I'm so Thank excited you so much for having here. me, Shay. I appreciate you um, for making room and time and space for me to come on here and um, share my little voice. Yes. Well, like I was saying, it, it's something you don't necessarily think about. So obviously we work with a number of professionals and corporations and businesses, and they don't necessarily think like when they're putting on an event, they don't necessarily think about graphics. They don't think about, you know, those, those little nuances and it's those little nuances that actually can support you in bringing in more income and bringing in more eyeballs and visually representing the mission and the promise of what it is that you're doing. So I'm very excited to have you on. But before, you know, I kind of dive into all of my questions, um, is there anything that you would like to add? I mean, you're doing some pretty powerful things and giving back to the community, but is there anything else that you'd like to add in how you are creating impact in the world? Well, Shay, that's a great question to start off with. Uh, you know, if we're going to swing for the heavy hitters. Let's just do it. <laughs> I just um, right off the bat. <laughs> so for me, I think the things that I'm really trying to do to kind of make an impact in the world mm-hmm. are, number one, un- allowing business owners or entrepreneurs like myself to understand when to ask for help. Because a mm-hmm. lot of times we don't always know when to ask for help. We think that we have to do everything on our own by ourselves instead of building an amazing team to come in and support us with their expertise so that we can thrive and be better. So kind of making sure that I'm reaching out to people and introducing them to that kind of lifestyle that allows them to have a little bit more flexibility and and, and allow themselves to have some grace, right? Like, we don't give ourselves as much grace as we probably even give our employees or our team or even our clients. And then in addition to that, also trying really hard to carve out space and time. And I know you already touched on it when you were reading my bio, but like carve out space and time to nurture relationships with designers 
who come from similar backgrounds um, or who look like me and because they're not a lot of them. And they're not a lot of them because when we talk about the scheme of, scheme sounds so bad, but we talk about the makeup of professional industries or professional work or just professions as a whole, there's often a significant disparity when we talk about the number of Black people that are actively involved in them. And that kind of just comes from them not really having access to the information to know that there's a different path to success. It's like, oh, doctor, lawyer, cool. Football player, cool. Basketball player, cool. All this other stuff. I don't even know what that is. So like bringing the information to them so that they know that there's there are alternate paths to success. You can actually like art and like playing and paint and like like making good looking things and still actually solve real world problems for people with those skills and actually make a living. Um, so I think those are my two primary things that I, I think I do the most to make a difference in the world. I love it. I love it. And that's why you're here, right? Yeah. Because it, it's, I mean, yes, granted, the design services and everything that you do to support clients there is great and amazing. And you're fantastic at it. And your team's amazing at it. But it also steps further than that, right? Part of the mission that you're looking to do out there in the world is creating that extra ripple. So I'm so glad you're here. And I do want to make sure that we end up touching on the design services. So for myself, I do not play in it at all. (laughs) Um, I like to color in the coloring books that are like already designed and I can get the pencils out and do all that. But that is not my wheelhouse Obviously, I'm somebody that's a little bit more bullet point, a little bit more like this is what needs to be done uh, versus the creative side. So I rely on somebody like yourself and your team to come in when we are hosting an event. My clients are putting something on to make it look beautiful, but I know that they struggle with a number of different things. Um, So I would love for you to, to share some of the things like, you know, I hear all the time that they go, I, I just don't know how to tell my graphic designers what it is that I want. Like it's in my head, but I can't quite craft it. Like how do you support um, entrepreneurs and corporations that are kind of stuck in, in that kind of mode? How do you get them started? How do you get them set up? What does that look like? How do they communicate that vision? That's actually a really great question. So our clients, um, immediately when they become clients, they enter what we call our client onboarding um, funnel, um, for lack of a better term. And they're sent a series of emails that basically teach them how to work with our designers and how to work with our designers effectively. So how to communicate with them, where they can communicate with them, what they need to say, what they don't need to say, what they don't have to worry about, and how to make all of that super efficient. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a little bit of hand-holding that also goes along with it, because maybe you guys don't want to read the emails, which is fine, right? We have our first onboarding call, and within that onboarding call, we kind of go through how to write like the perfect creative brief. And the perfect creative brief is, is kind of essential to ensuring that your graphic designers understand your event and branding goals and can design visuals that meet your expectations. Mm -hmm. And so 
couple of tips I guess I can share is um, what I'm going, you have to provide the right background information. So you begin by providing um, graphic designers with background information about your events, including the purpose, the target audience, the brand goals. And this will essentially help them understand the context of the project. Mm-hmm. And so that the message will pro- be properly conveyed. Like, what is the actual objective? Sometimes people feel like designers don't need to know that. They just need to know, here's the stuff I want on the flyer. <laughs> but that's that- great. <laughs> That's pertinent information, right, for the audience, but the person who needs to figure out how to best communicate with that audience might need a little bit more. So then there's also defining the scope of the project. So like being clear about what you actually need the graphic designers to create, whether it's like logos, invitations, brochure, or like other marketing materials, like specify the format and the dimensions and any of the other technical requirements, such as like file types or colors. So like you know, depending on if it's going digital, you might need a PNG. If this is something we're printing, you might be asking for like a PDF. If you're sending it to like a more complex printer, they might actually be asking for the package in design files. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's probably because you, you, you probably need to be a bit more familiar with those specs. But within our program, we actually give you all of those things. Like we tell them what the dimension, the recommended dimensions are for certain like standard projects. Like if they want like flyers, brochures, whatever, like we automatically give them recommendations. Like here's, here is what we, we recommend and here's what's industry standard. So you guys will have to figure that out. Oh, you're doing um, a brochure. Here's the file types that we recommend that you ask for. And then you could click it and say, yes, okay, I'll do that. Um, yeah. So and what, then, I, what oh, I'm hearing you say is, okay, so we have to pretty much provide you with information about what it is that we're doing who we're yeah. serving, what is the purpose and intention of the event? What is the event promise? What are they hoping to get out of it? What is the feeling that we're wanting to convey in this certain, um, you know, graphic design or ad or uh, lead magnet or sales page or whatever, right? Or banner or whatever it is. So that underlying piece really would then help the team go, okay, we want this feeling to be something that is evoked from seeing this imagery right so it's more than just like oh make me a flyer it's like what is the purpose and intention of this flyer of this sales page of the landing page so that we can get them to move where they want to go and I think that's probably the disconnect that I see it's like I just want someone to design me something yeah yeah okay (laughs) why but you know what no there's actually also one more thing that I think is really pertinent and depending on the size of your organization you may or may not have this if you are a larger corporation or or a byproduct of a larger corporation you by default have brand guidelines a lot of people don't think that they need brand guidelines to do like oh I'm just like a one-man show or like a you know a five-man show whatever I don't need brand guidelines except depending on who you're working with, they need to know how to properly communicate your overall brand mm-hmm. and connect it with the purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and without brand guidelines, it's very difficult to do that. I mean, feel free to hire me to build the brand guidelines and then I, I will on all the other things. But... Seriously, somebody, like if they could just go, here's my brand guidelines and then keep it in these colors and the da, 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 like this is who our mission is and who we serve and like, here's this. And then for this particular project, we want this. 
right? But then they have all of the background on it in the brand guideline. I think that's absolutely huge. So number one takeaway is if you don't have a brand guideline, you'd absolutely deserve to have one, whether you're a one person show or, you know, you're a big, huge corporation, you might want to take a look at it or probably even revamp it Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, come into the times, right? (laughs) With where you're at now and what the company's doing, because it always shifts. Have you noticed that? Yeah, You know, when you're in business after so many years, you tend to shift slightly and you have to go back and like reframe and it's fine. That's, that's actually, that's completely normal behavior. Like just like how the annual goals change. Sometimes you have to shift the look and feel in order to match those annual goals. So, Yeah. yeah. So I would assume that like when you give them these resources, it, it would essentially like empower the graphic designer to do their job, like be creative and probably come forth with something that is something you may not have thought of, but might actually be better than what you thought of. Exactly. So, and, and you see at that point, then we get to let go and let God, I mean, or the source or, you know, mother nature, whoever you believe in, like you have now empowered your designer to kick butt now you just sit back and wait to be presented with the appropriate options and once you give them that kind of room to play and function it allows them to be their most creative self to kind of come back to you and be like hey look at what I did because I pushed the envelope here um and a lot of times that's kind of where people find their creative genius when they're when they when they don't feel hounded Mm. or even limited because now they feel like okay, I know the rules of the game. Now, how far can I push the boundaries? Yeah, yeah. What about the ones that have, you know, a bigger team or maybe they have in-house staff? Like, how do they deal with managing their team or the time or staying on top of it or, you know, and also on top of that, not stifling the creativity? How does that work? So I know how we do it um, over here. Um, and I know how I've done it in the past at other corporations. My best recommendation is one of two things. And they fall under the same bucket, really. Um, it's project management and understanding like what project management actually is. So project management is really just about creating an environment for people to, again, succeed and giving them the structure that they need to understand so that everybody who's working in the ecosystem can work together to achieve the same goal. So number one, having someone whose sole responsibility is to make sure that projects are moving along the way they should. So that's your project manager. And making sure that the designers have everything that they need when they need it, how they need it in order to execute. So maybe there are some photos that need to be delivered to the designer. Maybe there is um, a specific uh, in uh, company font that the designer needs to use, but do they have that font? Do you know that you even need to provide that, that that font isn't actually built into their computer already? Maybe there are um, images or headshots of speakers that the designer needs to have, making sure that those are the right resolutions. That's what you have your project manager to do. But then there's also your project management tool. So your dashboard. So we, we use Asana because it just works really well, very clear. And we have a couple of columns, right? It's to do, work in progress, for internal review, for client review, on hold, and then done. Mm-hmm. And then so within all of those comments, 
columns is actually pretty self-explanatory just based on what I said, but everything starts off into do. Once the designer starts working on it, you already know it's moved into work in progress. You don't have to hound the designer. You can go hound the technology to know what's going on, right? So the designer doesn't feel that level of pressure from like human beings because they have, are now going to hold themselves accountable. They also know this is now, you know, work in progress. Everybody knows it's work in progress. So I need to work on this. Then there's a deadline associated with that. So they know, okay, I have this much time to get this done and I'm going to like execute accordingly. That deadline was given to them by their project manager. Mm-hmm. And that project manager knows they now have all the access that they actually need to execute. So having a really great project manager and then having a project management tool to kind of reinforce expectations and to hold people accountable are two things that are really, really important. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your designer and kind of making sure that they are actually executing the way that you want them to, it's all about setting clear expectations and giving clear feedback. You always want to provide examples of what you're actually looking for as an end result. Like, hey, um, these are the objectives, but this, these are also some of the things that I like. This is the direction that I like going in. So they actually, they understand your taste, what you're looking for, where your feel is. And then they can also include that and mitigate any risks of you not possibly liking this while still trying to work within the parameters of your brand guidelines and your actual objectives. And so for me, I think that's actually the best way to manage your team, have a really great project manager, whether that's you or not, who is able to clearly communicate deadlines, provide the right assets, having a project management tool that has helps to reinforce that and set clear expectations so that people can self-manage. And then also just making sure that you're giving really clear, concise feedback with visual examples to reinforce them. Love all of that. And it just makes me start to think like what, okay, so my, my project management hat's going on. How much time should you expect, right? So on the receiving end, like how much time does it take normally for, you know, you get in the brand guide, you get the vision, you understand what the objective is and you're doing a, a landing page for an event that's coming up Um, and you've got some guest speakers and they've gotten you all of the assets and all of the details, what's kind of a turnaround time that somebody should expect? Because what I see is there's not clear expectations and they're like, well, shoot, you're just putting together a bunch of photos and a bunch of words together. It's like, well, that's not really what you guys are doing. Can you explain or maybe give just a general brief idea of what timelines would be like? So people kind of go, okay, it makes sense. I need to make sure I'm planning enough time for the graphic designers to do what they need to do. So, okay. So there are a couple of, there are a couple of quirks here because there are some people who are going to hear this and they're going to hate me. And there's some <laughs> who are going to hate to hear this and they're going to love me. Okay. So within, like within our team, we can get a project from zero to a hundred in 12 hours. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has the internal systems to actually accomplish that. We yeah. have a pretty amazing well-oiled machine where we have like tried and true processes and systems where we do events. So we know what works, what doesn't work, and we know what we need to put and what we need to put where in order to actually be successful. Mm-hmm. Now, that is assuming that you are working with us and a dedicated designer for you. Let's say you are sharing resources the same way you do internally. You have one marketing department to serve a whole bunch of people. 
you could really be looking at more like a seven-day turnaround on a singular landing page because this is what we're thinking, right? We're thinking um, wireframe, we're thinking mood boards, we're thinking um, building out the actual static designs, then we're thinking actual programming. Mm. It's really all a matter of how you're able to actually allocate your resources and what it is that they're actually going to execute. So let's say logo design, trademarkable logo design, you might get thumbnails in eight hours. Then you might get black and white and color comps within another 10 hours. Again, this is assuming that your designer is super dedicated, dedicated to you right. and doing that project. Right, exactly. Okay. So you have to allow time for research, exploration, demos, testing, and then actual implementation. But again, it's really about understanding what the working relationship is between you and your designer and what you've actually procured. Mm -hmm. So is this the in-house designer that's dedicated solely to you and your team and to your objectives? Or is this a designer that's shared amongst you and a a few other people as 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 a resource? Is this someone who is working outside your business who you've only contracted with part time? Is this someone who you've contracted to dedicate their time specifically to you. And that really affects the timeline of anything. And having that conversation with them about what, what's happening, what, what, is, what is this relationship like? What can I expect in terms of turnaround time is important. There's no way you should start any working relationship with anybody, graphic designer or otherwise, without setting clear expectations on like what's actually going to be delivered. We like to call that like, you know, within our industry, like the statement of work, like what's actually going to be delivered and what? Yep. Yeah. Well, and then it's, it's then taking that information and communicating it to the rest of the team, right? Yeah. And if we need to adjust the project timeline, you know, the Absolutely. project manager, the overall like event producer is yeah. aware of like, oh, okay, well, if it's somebody that's not dedicated versus totally dedicated, that means our timeline needs to move in order to then have it for this and this and this and this in order to go live, right? Exactly. I think that's super, super helpful. And honestly, not in my wheelhouse at all in terms of the design pieces. Cause I was like, I didn't even really think about, oh yeah, you do have to do a wireframe, right? If you're doing a dashboard for a virtual event, right? Yeah. You have to do the wireframe, you have to lay it yeah. out, you have to do the mood board. What does it look and feel like? Blah, all of these things. I'm going to say blah, blah, blah. Because that's not, I am not offended. It's like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. And you know, if you're listening and you're like, I feel you, Shay, that's why you just freaking need to talk to you, me. Yeah, we'll do <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, uh, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let. How do they get a hold of you? Um, like, what what is the the gift that you have that that people can be like? Can can you just walk me through what my project could look like and how you might be able to take it off my plate? So I would be happy to sit down with anyone and do a thirty minute uh, demo call. Well, only if you're listening to this podcast. Sorry, not sorry. Um, and do like a marketing strategy session with you and. If at the end of that marketing strategy session, you're like, oh, I love this, but how do I implement it? I'm also happy to walk you through a demo of actually how we work and partner with our clients, at least if it makes sense, and then give you the ability to be like, okay, I want to do that. 
don't worry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the habit of heart selling people. It's just, I tell you how it works. We laugh about some stuff and then you let me know if you want to come back and make it happen. Right. That makes total sense to me. Um, we will put the link to connect with her in the show notes. I personally recommend it because it's not in my wheelhouse and that's what I would do and recommend all of my clients do if they don't have somebody in-house. But honestly, even if you do have somebody in-house, it also might be worth having a conversation to see how her team might be able to support your team in processes and, you know, making things just that much better, or maybe revamping some of your brand guides and things from my opinion, from what I've seen out in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. We definitely can help alleviate some of the bottlenecks for internal teams as well. And we have no long-term commitment. So you don't have to worry about like, oh my gosh, we're going to be stuck with her for a whole year. We only needed her for one month. No, we're just, we're here to come help and then get out. That really helps with bottom lines too, because especially if you're, you're launching and you're heading towards an event, you don't necessarily need 24 seven graphic support. You just need it for the project. So it's like, come in, do the project. Thank you so much. Peace out. And you're ready to do it again. Just bring you back on. Absolutely. I I love that. Okay. Um, Holy cow. Time has flown by. Um, we've got to wrap this up, but I would love for you to, you know, share with us, you know, what is, what is a takeaway or a memorable note that you would like to leave our audience with? Takeaway memorable notes. Um, if nothing else, remember that you don't have to be an expert in any, at everything and it's okay to lean on the people who are so that you can focus on doing what you do best and thrive in that arena so that you don't have to be stressed about the thing that you love to do. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you everybody for listening and joining us on another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm very excited for you to take all the lessons and the ahas and the resources that you learned here today, start implementing them, start reaching out to Unique here, um, have your team reach out to her and just really allow you to to lean into the pieces so that you can create more impact in your world. So until next time, have an outstanding session. Thank you so much for listening to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, author, or thought leader who would like to be on this program, simply visit creatingpowerfulimpact.com forward slash guest. If you are someone who got something out of this interview, would you please do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials. Also, if you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag creating powerful impact. I love seeing all of your posts and great guest selections. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And they really mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Head on over to our website, graceandeaseproductions.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Just look for Grace and Ease Productions on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.